2: Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon. Greetings.
3: Thanks for coming along today. It's a gorgeous, uh, but chilly, Thursday afternoon across western Pennsylvania. And uh, if you were out in the roads today, my guess is that uh, you sort of got waylaid by the uh, presidential motorcade that was shuffling back between the airport and Regent Square. It, It certainly affected my time. Uh, It certainly affected my time. Yeah. I mean, the roads were a mess, were they not? But, um, all right, so the president was uh, out at the Fern Hollow Bridge Collapse. Well, not uh,
4: the bridge collapse. Right. I mean, he was at the Fern Hollow Bridge Collapse. The site of. Today he was celebrating the fact that it's no longer collapsed.
3: Yeah. And so the good news is, um, the timeline is, sometime around Christmas, Fern Hollow Bridge is going to be up and running. Which
4: is... I mean, they've been working on Route 28 for about 11 years.
3: 11? About <laughs> 35, 50 years, maybe. Yeah. And that's good news. Listen, I. Uh, the
4: only reason that that's happened is because the president was here yeah, when it happened.
3: Yeah. That's and the only reason. Money was stepped up right away. So that's yep. cool. Listen, that's a major I'm, artery I'm, for me. Su- I'm
4: super glad. Me too. I'm, And more than anything, aren't we all grateful and still shocked looking back on it that nobody was killed? You got that right. I mean, it's such a. Uh, yeah, it's just unbelievable. It was a
3: miracle of miracles. Truly, it was. I mean, you think about all the times you walked across that bridge, rode a bike across that bridge, oh my thousands of times. You, you Hung rode out across. in Brick
4: Park under it.
3: Yeah, all that stuff with your dogs and your kids and everything like that. Yep. I mean, so thank goodness. And, and even bigger news, I guess. Uh, uh, John Fetterman wore a suit today.
4: There were no shorts to be seen. I guess not. I was no. eager no once, once I realized that the president was coming, which was last night at like six thirty.
3: Yeah,
4: uh, I thought. Well, I wonder if we're going to have a redo Yeah, of the first time. <laughs>
3: no. He had a suit on. I wonder what that was like. Huh? We got a lot of mileage on oh, that should, here yeah. on the show. We should. Everybody should get a lot of exactly. mileage on it, right? Because that
4: was crazy time because it was snowing. Very
3: strange. Yeah. Strange days indeed. Wow. Well, anyway, thanks for being with us today. Uh, there's a lot going on Yeah, we today. have a
4: terrific show coming up today. We're going to mm-hmm. talk about um, how dogs can sniff out human stress. <laughs> Anyone who has a dog probably is not surprised by that. Yeah. But seeing the, you know, research, the clinical evidence of it is something else.
3: Yeah. I I, I was in Panera today and there was a corgi. Uh, And immediately the corgi turned to me because I had a corgi for years. Uh, The corgi turned to me and I was like, oh, and I reached down to pet the corgi. And then it had uh, this little sort of sheaf on that said, Service. Oh, I'm working. Yeah, something like that. So I was like, oh, I pulled back. So I said to the guy, hey, uh, that's a great dog, that corgi. And he was like, oh, I, I don't know what kind of dog it is. I was like, I was like okay. I just kept on my way. I oh, it's a beautiful dog. So I was happy to see a, a corgi. Because I believe and
4: doing such a good job.
3: Great job. Yeah. Service dog of, of some sort. And I was surprised to see him uh, and knowing that, you know, your dog knows your mood, good, bad, or otherwise, right?
4: I love a service animal. Yeah, me too. I just do.
3: How about a service peacock?
4: <laughs> That's a little much. Uh, also, later in today's program, we'll talk about citywide prayer for the election, which mm-hmm, is coming mm-hmm. up in three weeks. Um, in the five o'clock hour, learn to like the most annoying person in your life. That's good. I think it's really good. It's going to be a good exercise for us. Everybody we're going to, has one. We're going to ask ask you to name names. No, I'm kidding. We're not going to ask you to no. do that. But I think it is going to be a good conversation. Also, can the church save marriage? Matrimony rates are on the decline. Very nice. And also, uh, there is a farm which is inviting people to cuddle live turkeys on Thanksgiving.
3: Mm-hmm. For a fee. Yeah, I mean, you have to I mean, pay no, for it, for John. Free, I mean, right? I mean nothing's free, for crying right. out loud.
4: Anyway. That's what's all coming up on today's show.
3: All right. Well, let's take a look at the news today, Kath. Without further ado, please, uh, Kath, will not you give us the top four at four?
4: There we go. I like it. For top Thursday, the, the October 20th. Do you like that?
5: Mm-hmm. The or the...
4: October the 20th? 2022, number one. With the clock ticking toward next month's midterm elections, as we already discussed, the president showed up today uh, to Pennsylvania, our own battleground state. Of course, he was interested in touting his infrastructure law and he was stumping for Mr. Fetterman. Uh, His first stop in Pittsburgh was visiting the Fern Hollow Bridge. We remember the day it collapsed, which was the day the president was also here. Uh, This is what Bryden said today. You all told me about the emergency workers uh, who pulled the survivors to safety. There were heroes that day, and a complete catastrophe was avoided, but it never should have come to this. All right, good. So uh, we understand that about now, the president is leaving Pittsburgh on his way to Philadelphia for a fundraiser also to support Mr. Fetterman, who's running against Mehmet Oz in one of the most competitive Senate races, I would say, in the country.
3: Mm -hmm. Parkway West outbound is slow.
4: I bet it is. Number two, UK Prime Minister Liz Truss resigned. I mean, what... Forty-four days in office, unbelievable. So uh, her support collapsed spectacularly, as CBS News called it today. Uh, not even two months into her tenure, the final straw seeming to be a parliamentary vote last night that descended into what they're calling complete chaos. Which, when the Brit, when the British government does complete chaos, that's theater.
5: Yeah, that's you know a big what time I mean. I would that.
4: like to see more of that.
3: Yeah. Uh, you, have you been following along? They have a, um, a head of lettuce. Uh, oh. What will last longer?
4: Okay. Or, okay. Or, right. I did not know. Lettuce that.
3: lasted longer. And Liz Truss, after 44 days in office, gets a guaranteed pension of $130,000 forever. Nice
4: gig. That's absolutely fantastic. Number three. Norwegian officials warned today that there could be more arrests after at least seven Russians, including the son of a close associate of President Vladimir Putin, were detained in recent weeks for flying drones or taking pictures near sensitive areas, prompting an investigation by the Domestic Intelligence Service. Did you hear about this story? Uh, How about this? Norway and other countries are moving to secure critical infrastructure in the wake of the sabotage of the Nord Stream pipeline. Since then, drone sightings have been reported in Norway's vast offshore oil and gas fields and at Norwegian airports. Mm -hmm. It's from today's Washington Post. And number four, transportation company First Student is advertising school bus driver openings, John, and you could apply now. No, thank you. You don't think so? No. You don't think you'd be good at that? Have you ever driven a bus? No. That's one of the few jobs you haven't had? Yeah. Interesting. Are you interested? It wouldn't fit in with our schedule here. Driver shortages have been an issue for many districts in recent years, and first student is shy six substitute drivers for Norwin and Jeanette routes that it operates from its location in North Huntington. In early September, state officials reported a shortfall of between two and three thousand drivers at schools across America. I
3: think it's a very difficult job. And
4: that is your top four at
6: four. Very good.
4: So you know what's happening is mm-hmm. they're setting up interviews for people. To come Mm -hmm. and uh, talk about how they want the job, or you know what it would look like, or whatever, and people don't show. Mm -hmm. Just like every other job opening in America seems right now. I don't don't know what the deal is. They're offering a three thousand dollars signing bonus. Really? Um, It's just they said they had ten people apply in August and not one showed up.
3: I don't know. It's a very difficult I mean, at job. Some time, Isn't it a hard? job? Oh, of course be a it hard is. Hard job. Of
4: course it is. But at some point, people do have to go back to work. Yes.
3: I would think that the major. Don't you think who's ever going back to work is already back to work? So, I mean, the government checks have long since dried okay, up.
4: So where are all the I people? I don't know.
3: I don't know. People have retired. People have just said, "I'm not work." I don't know. I don't. I don't understand. Don't you have bills to pay? I don't know. Life to live. I don't. know. Right. All that engagement.
5: I don't. I'm.
3: Doesn't make any sense. speechless about it. All right. Let us take
4: a quick break. All right. When we come back, confronting the problem of spiritual abuse in the church. Mm -hmm. I don't think any of us can say it isn't a problem any longer. So Michael Kruger is going to talk to us about what we can do.
3: All right. Bullies. That's next.
7: 101.5 WORD.
1: Dr. Charles Stanley. We're all we. We all need each other. We need the person, the prayers, the fellowship, the friendship, the loyalty, the devotion, and all of that from other people. We don't have to be needy, but there are needs in our lives.
2: Hear the series, Building Wise Relationships, this week on In Touch, the teaching ministry of Dr. Charles
8: Stanley.
9: Tomorrow morning at 8.30 on 101.5 WORD.
8: From Kingstone Studios, no vacancy, an incredible true story comes to Salem now.
10: Now they want to purchase a motel and turn it into a shelter for homeless families.
8: A demoted journalist, a recovering addict, and a pastor fighting for the homeless find themselves at the end of hope.
1: I got 45 signatures right here, mayor, against this proposal from my neighborhood.
2: Let's stop this!
8: It's like the grapes of wrath. Starring TC Stallings, Sean Young, and Dean King. Feed the hungry and, and house the homeless. That's what we're supposed to do. It means you have tenants. I know. I'm to...
11: You
0: you're going to have them leave today, or I'm going to terminate your
10: lease. You didn't want to do this piece. Nothing, things change. You have to run it tomorrow. No, not a chance. The nicest thing anybody ever done for me.
8: Streaming now. Find it at SalemNow.com. Welcome to Hope.
12: What is a warrior? At Portersville Christian School, it's more than a team name. A warrior is taught to serve, to passionately model the love of Christ toward neighbor, community, and world. To learn as they cultivate academic excellence and a lifelong love of learning from kindergarten to senior year. And to lead through Christian character and integrity. Are you a warrior? Discover Portersville Christian School,
6: just 15 minutes north of Cranberry, where warriors are made at PCS.org. Do you know how much you're really paying for life insurance through work? I can almost guarantee you're overpaying for limited coverage. I'm Joel Clark, a SelectQuote agent for over 20 years. My clients are shocked to learn how expensive life insurance at work really is because of a rate that's driven up by unhealthy people. Why pay more when you don't have to? For over 35 years, SelectQuote has helped people save 50% or more by shopping highly rated insurance carriers. I found a 40-year-old man with high blood pressure, a $500,000 policy for only $18 a month. Don't procrastinate. Workplace Open enrollment will be here soon. Let SelectQuote save you money and get you the coverage you need to protect your family.
2: For your free quote in just minutes, call 1-800-865-2266. That's 1-800-865-2266. 1-800-865-2266. Or go to SelectQuote.com. Full details on example policy and carrier ratings at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. Price could vary by health, issuing company, and other factors. Not available in all states.
3: I was in the seventh grade and I uh, switched schools, so I was a new kid, and uh, there was a guy who, uh, who saw me as the newbie, and he became my tormentor. This guy just shadowed me day in, day out. I mean, it drove me crazy. Uh, it, it was the first time and only time in my life that I've been bullied like that uh, to this <laughs> Here's the weird thing. I mean, that, that was many, many, many decades ago. To this day, uh, if that name comes up or if I see you know, any sort of connection with that guy, I, I feel like a, a physical drop in my mm-hmm. stomach. I mean, that's how much bullies yep. can affect us. Has it happened in your life? Oh, my gosh.
4: Two guys, when I was in fourth grade... Third and fourth grade.
3: Again, decades ago. Threw
4: stones at me, Uh going home from the bus stop. Uh I don't know how many days. For two years, pretty much every day. I remember their names like they're engraved on my (laughs) left wrist. But then I went and worked. I had two bosses that were out of control. Mm -hmm. And I can't describe... For those of you who've never been in a situation like that, the tension of working for somebody like that, and yeah. for those of you that do understand what I'm talking about, I don't need to go any further, because no. you, if you know, you know. Right.
3: It can make your life a living hell. There's no doubt about it. Well, Michael Kruger's with us. He's back with us again. He's the president and the Samuel C. Patterson Professor of New Testament at Reformed Theological Seminary in Charlotte, North Carolina, the author of a number of books, Bully Pulpit, confronting the problem of spiritual abuse in the church brand new michael welcome back to the show
13: well thanks great to be back with you guys and thanks for those stories those are those are pretty powerful stories right there
4: it's crazy isn't it and if you combine that 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 emotional feeling that we've just described which is minimal compared to what many people experience yeah. and put that in a church i mean that's a pressure cooker
13: Oh, yeah. I mean, this is exactly the point of my book, which is it's one thing to get bullied by a classmate or intimidated and sort of threatened by a boss, but imagine if that happens from someone who's supposed to be your your spiritual caretaker and shepherd. That really will mess up your spiritual... You know, orientation pretty quickly.
3: Yeah. And so, Michael, what's happened recently, uh, thankfully, is there's been a sort of like, um, an opening up. Light has been shed. And, you know, the, and you, of course, you know this, and we all do. The large majority of the pastors who serve us faithfully are excellent people. But there is that sort of thin line of, of pastors who take on their power and their ego and they turn it into something that, that's a weapon that can crush a church's life.
13: Yeah, well, I appreciate you saying uh, what you said, because, you know, I work in a seminary context. We train a lot of pastors, and I love pastors. I'm a pastor, and I think the vast majority of pastors are are godly, humble people who are doing the best job they can. But there is a new strain in our modern evangelical church of looking for a kind of leader that is sort of dominant and powerful and dynamic and persuasive, that if you're not careful, that same leader can then turn around and actually harm the sheep that they're supposed to be protecting. And I think we've seen that play out in very high-profile cases. And in my own research for this book, I've seen that play out a lot in even smaller cases.
4: So by play out, that means that somebody was uh, injured emotionally or psychologically, um, sometimes I guess even physically. But, um, but we'd probably be focusing on the first two, right? Someone who's suffered some sort of abuse from a spiritual authority inside the church walls?
13: Yeah, so in my book, I have a whole chapter defining the term spiritual abuse. And to, to get right to it, I mean, basically, it's someone who leads through domineering, an authoritarian, harsh, heavy handed manner. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Bible warns against this in Christian leaders numerous places. Uh, but yet, we have leaders in the church in various places that the way they operate is not that different than the world operates. And they're going to intimidate and they're going to threaten, and they're going to bully their way through their ministries, and that can do a lot of spiritual damage.
3: And, Michael, I'm glad you say this, because if it's in the Bible, this is not something that's new, right? I mean, this has happened since the church has been the church. I mean, it's all over the Bible in different passages, in Matthew, and 1 Timothy, and 1 Peter. There
2: it is.
13: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, people get hung up on the term spiritual abuse, which obviously is a modern phrase, but the concept behind it, which is just harsh, domineering leadership— is all over the pages of the Bible. And one of the most famous examples, of course, is 1 Peter 5, where Peter warns those who are shepherds to not be domineering to their flock. And the the word there is to lord it over uh, in some sort of harsh way. And even Jesus uses the same word uh, in the Gospels to tell his disciples, look, don't be leaders that are domineering and heavy-handed in the way you lead.
4: Those people, though, that are... Domineering and heavy-handed are often the kind of people, Michael, who are chosen for leadership positions. Though, and I'm I'm not just thinking in the church. I'm thinking, you know, CEOs of companies, you know, presidents of organizations, you know, that sort of thing. Um, and I mean, I've been in the church my whole life, and I've seen men like this everywhere.
13: No, it's exactly right. We've sort of taken our leadership views from the world. And there's a reason that people who are like that get leadership jobs, because, honestly, they can get things done. Um, they can they can be very effective in certain ways, and they can even be successful in certain ways. And I think for churches that want to grow and have big platforms to be successful and have a dynamic ministry, it's attractive to think, well, let's hire a person like that so we can get what we're looking for. But the problem I point out in the book, of course, is that the, the requirements for leadership in the Bible are mainly not about your ability to be persuasive or dynamic or powerful, but mainly about one's character. And that the kind of leaders the church needs to have need to be humble, gentle, kind leaders, not the kind that we find out there as CEOs of big companies. And so I think we need to recalibrate the way we're thinking about leadership in the church today.
3: Michael Kruger's with us. He's talking about his new work called Bully Pulpit, Confronting the Problem of Spiritual Abuse in the Church. So, Michael, uh, I think if anybody's been in a church long enough, uh, you, you tend to see this. Is there a a solution for this? I mean, do you offer a prescriptive way to approach someone who is in the bully pulpit?
13: Yeah. So in my book, part of my goal is to help people know how to spot it. to be able to define it. One of the things we're learning throughout this process over the last number of years is I think a lot of people saw it and knew something was wrong and didn't even know what to call it or even know what was happening. So part of my book is diagnostic. I just want to help people know it when they see it. And then I do have a part of the book that lays out solutions. And there's a lot of different types of solutions I get to, but I mean, basically, there needs to be a better accountability structure for the leaders that we hire, uh, an ability to track how they're doing, to talk to the people they're over, to have regular annual reviews and feedback, and to really get down into the weeds of what's really happening behind the scenes. So there's many things I suggest, but those are some broad broad strokes for it.
4: That can be really awkward. <laughs> As, <laughs> you know, Michael, that's what's... Uh, I mean, it's hard. It, it, I guess it's a little easier if you're in a big church because, you know, there's a big staff. Um, you have You might have a big board of elders or, you know, whatever that is. In a little church, when you're asking you know, three people who are on staff to talk about their leader, oftentimes you might not get the real response. Mm
13: -hmm. No, that's exactly right. Um, There is one of the steps I encourage is a step that allows for people to come forward with their concerns in ways that there's no retaliation. Um, One of the big concerns we've seen is that people come out and speak against the senior pastor's behavior, and they end up getting fired, or they end up getting their reputations tarnished, or they end up getting driven out of the church. And what you realize is that you have to have a system where those people can come forward and speak honestly, but being protected from the consequences that could come their way. Right.
3: Okay, so Michael, you said this is a growing problem. I mean, this has been going on, obviously, for a long time, but why is it? Is it just because the leadership model you're saying that, you know, churches are now attracted to, that they, you know, attract the type of personality, that this could be the springboard for the bullying?
13: Yeah, so one of the things I bring up in the book is we don't have hard statistics on spiritual abuse, so we don't know how to track it. And we don't know that factually it's more abundant now than, say, it was 20 years ago. But at least our awareness is new. And I think everyone would agree that we are certainly more aware of this behavior, um, mainly because of social media, mainly because of the way that information flows now. Um, And so I try to diagnose some of the causes for that. I think there is, with social media, a desire to have a much more big platform, big show. And those, tends, those that kind of ministry tends to attract narcissists, yeah. and narcissists are the, are the kind of people that end up being most likely to
5: abuse.
4: Especially now that video and streaming is part of the gig, I think it's even harder because often, I mean, John and I know this, you know, we are on video every day. It changes...
3: The dynamic.
4: It does. It really does. Oh, And, yeah. and in... In a lot of ways, not for the good. Um, And so the people that are really good on video are oftentimes people who are even more, you know, a performance mindset or, you know, something such as that, which can work against someone who is particularly, you know, I don't know, authentic or humble or I I don't mean to set up these dichotomies because I don't think I, I feel like I'm putting people in categories and I don't think that's right. Um, and I don't think that's accurate, but I just think that there are some tendencies. Have you seen that?
13: Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, churches now want lots of times to, to be as influential as other churches they know. Part of the problem with social media isn't only that it attracts people who like the big stage, but it also gives you awareness of how successful other churches are. And so what you find happening in the evangelical world is a sense of competition, and if you think about the way we do that in the world, if you want your sports team to be better, well, then you get a franchise player. And once you get your franchise player, then your sports team is the best sports team. So we act like that at the church. So we want to get a franchise pastor or a franchise leader who can really put you on the map. That mentality has is, is got some, some real pitfalls if we're not careful. And that's the kind of stuff I try to bring out in the book is we need to recalibrate what our goals are and the kind of leaders we're looking for.
3: So, Michael, there you are at a seminary. Of course, you're educating and equipping future pastors. No pressure. But what about this? But we're
4: relying on you.
3: Do you talk about this now? I mean, is this something that's new? Okay, we're going to talk about what it is. You know, here's the negatives and what you should try to avoid. Is that part of the process?
13: It is. And it's one of the things that we're realizing in the seminary context is how little this has been discussed. And this is one of the reasons I wrote the book, is that no one knows where to go to get resources about this. And it's just not on people's radar. right? And so one of my goals is to make sure that it's on the radar of, of the students that I teach here at Reform Theological Seminary. But also, I wrote the book so that other seminaries and other leadership contexts can have at least one tool uh, to use as they, as they train their leaders. And, and that's my hope.
3: Here's, here's something else that's sort of outside the realm of the book itself. But I, I've seen this where you see a runaway group of people that are are church members and they coalesce into the bully group, then they attack the pastor in a bullying way. The pastor responds unkindly. And so it becomes like two warring factions, bully versus bully. Have you witnessed that?
13: Oh, absolutely. Um, One of the things that I say in my introduction is that is that even though my book is about bully pastors, we, we should recognize that sometimes pastors are the recipient of bullying yes. in their churches. Yep. Sometimes I've seen that pastors too. themselves get intimidated and pushed around by the people in their churches, and that yeah. definitely happens. And, and and maybe a book needs to be written about that, too, mm-hmm. um, so that those those patterns can be identified and addressed. Um, but but in this particular book, you know, obviously, I'm just trying to solve this one issue, and I think this is the issue that I think just anybody paying attention for the last 20 years recognizes, okay. A lot of bullying might happen in different ways, but we have to find out how to get more gentle uh, mm-hmm. and godly leaders in our in our ministries.
5: Yeah. I'm into
4: that. Yeah. All right, uh, Michael. We're already over, but I'm gonna. I just want to ask you one more question to close out. And we're sure. talking to Michael Kruger. The new book is called Bully Pulpit. Um Do you have concerns that uh, that kids? Uh, you have kids yourself. Um, you have two kids, yeah. three kids. Three. Okay. Do you have concerns that we're growing kids? that are going to be capable of managing a position like that. And I know it's weird to think about some kid who's seven, who's going to be a pastor someday, but, but that's what it's about, right? It's about teaching our kids to be like Christ. Um, and a lot of our culture is just working against that so much right now, especially in social media. Um, and so I just, I don't know, maybe as a dad or maybe as a professor, your thoughts on that?
13: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when, when you think about what makes a good leader, it starts when they're young. It doesn't start in seminary only, right? I mean, we, we get what we get in the seminary, and we can only do so much with it. We, we want to inherit people that have already been raised in godly homes with good examples. Um, and so I think it's so important that parents demonstrate the type of leadership we're talking about to their kids, and that the kids are in churches where they can watch their own pastors demonstrate the kind of uh, humble leadership we're talking about, and I'll, I'll add this. In the last 20 years, too, I think sometimes the church is taking cues from the culture in terms of what leadership looks like. And we now we not only look at social media, but we also probably look at the political scene, to be honest with you. We look about how people do politics We think, well, maybe that's how we talk, that's how we argue, um, that's how we debate. And I think that's unfortunate, because that that sort of mentality seeps into the church and, and some 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 challenging ways.
3: It surely does. Well Michael, thanks. I mean, this is a very timely and necessary book. We appreciate uh, you putting this together and uh, as you mold this new generation of pastors, uh, hopefully this is the overlay.
13: Thanks so much. Good to be with you all. Our pleasure.
3: Michael Kruger, Bully Pulpit Confronting the Problem of Spiritual Abuse in the Church.
4: This is Kathy Emmons. John and I are grateful for the encouragement we have from all of our advertisers and especially our friends at Grove City College. Thanks to everyone at Grove City for supporting the ride home.
3: I was talking to one of my sisters recently, and she said that she refused to even look at her 401k and her retirement investments because the thought of doing so made her a fidgety, anxious mess. So uh, out of sight, out of mind. I, I get it. And I'm sure you do, too. But the good news is we've been here before. And hopefully, sooner rather than later, we'll hear the strains of happy days are here again. In the interim, the family at United Faith Mortgage wants to remind you that if you're a homeowner, you're sitting on a pile of cash. Because home values have gone bonkers. And so your home can be a portal into a cash-out refinance, providing you with an immediate source of money to pay off debts, do some home improvements, or just build up your nest egg again. United Faith Mortgage, where the direct lender advantage is everything, saving you lifelong money. United Faith Mortgage, faith and family matter.
14: United Mortgage Corp, in New York. I'm number 1330. That's lady Department of Banking and Securities. Mortgage lender license 22672. Do
4: you need new blinds or shades? Blindster.com offers custom-made blinds, shades, and shutters shipped directly to you at prices less than big box retailers. Blindster blinds are easy to install and guaranteed to fit. Don't overpay for new blinds. Shop today and save big. Blindster.com.
10: You know, a lot of times you have to choose between something high quality or something that saves you money. But if you can get both... Why not? Especially when it comes to healthcare. And that's MediShare. You get both. The typical family saves 500 bucks a month switching to MediShare. And that's huge. But it's also true that people are way more satisfied after making the switch too. The customer satisfaction rate for MediShare is double that of the typical health insurance plan. Double. It's because MediShare works. It's been around for more than a quarter century and members have shared more than $3 billion of each other's bills. People love having telehealth and a huge PPO network. So yeah, really. You could save a ton and like it better. Imagine being happy with how you're taking care of your health care. If you're self-employed or part of the gig economy, or you just want to plan you're happy with, you can call right now and get a price within two minutes. Here is the number you need. Call 844-45-Bible. That's 844-45-Bible. 844-45-Bible.
1: We are
14: everywhere on your radio at 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh at wordfm.com, the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and Odyssey.
1: Patchy clouds expected for tonight will reach a nighttime low of 34. Tomorrow will be mostly sunny. Tomorrow we'll see a high of 62. Mainly clear skies tomorrow night with a low of 42. As we look to the weekend Saturday, it'll be sunny and warm. A nice start to the weekend will reach a high of 71. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm forecaster Drew Shannon.
3: Dogs have been trained to do all sorts of amazing, incredible things. Well, now they're wondering if dogs can sniff out human stress because a a new study shows that the canine nose is sensitive enough to pick out distinctive compounds in the sweat of a person who is under pressure. A, A dog's nose has 100 to 300 million olfactory receptors in their noses compare with just 6 million in our own.
4: What's the number again?
3: 100 to 300 million.
4: Versus 6? Yes. Wow.
3: They can be trained, dogs can, to detect disease in human beings, including cancer cells, a latent epileptic seizure, or a COVID infection just by sniffing. No blood samples, biopsies, MRIs, or PCR tests are required. But... In a study published uh, just this past month, uh, they tested whether dogs can read and respond to our emotional states without the benefit of facial expressions, tone, or social context. The researchers trained four dogs to detect and react to the smell of human stress depending upon their sense of smell alone to distinguish between a person's baseline scent and a unique cocktail of volatile organic compounds in the sweat and breath when people are feeling stressed out. So using tasty rewards, the researchers trained the dogs to distinguish between three gauze samples. One was neutral, containing no human scent. The second gauze had been breathed on and then wiped across the back of the neck of one of 36 human participants at a moment when they felt completely relaxed. The third gauze was a set of sweat and breath samples taken before and after the participants completed an arithmetic test under time pressure. The human's heart rate and blood pressure were monitored to confirm that the smell of the gauze was indeed a sign of stress. It turns out that the results were overwhelmingly confirmed that dogs can smell psychological states as well as physical ones. On average, the four dogs picked out the stress samples Ninety-five percent of the time, wow! With some individual dogs ranging between ninety and ninety-seven percent accurate, they're cool.
4: Do you have a personal experience with that? Uh,
3: I can't say that I can pinpoint something like that. Okay, I mean, uh, I know that if you, I remember, like in the past, uh, being on phone calls. Or engaging in oh, an, argument an argument, right? And the dog reacts, but that's a whole other story. Of course, anyone pretty much could do that. A child could do that, but the idea of a scent, a smell, picking that up—that's well, really I wild. never.
4: I I don't have a dog. I've never had a dog. Not a dog, a dog person. No. no, but I have had four cats, and I I know they specifically know that. Mm-hmm. because they act differently.
5: Yeah,
3: right, they pick it up, right? They know.
4: I remember uh when my when my dad was particularly sick, they both of my cats would sleep at the door to the bedroom. Hmm. Like they ne- and they to never yeah, they never do that. Mm-hmm. They never do that. Um but they would sleep there kind of like and were they protecting me? Were they, I don't know what they were doing. They were just being But awares. that was just they were, yeah. So, and here's the thing: you know when your animals are upset, right? Sure. I mean, there's just something about living with people. Like you know, you pick up on signals. Yeah, you just right. I don't. I don't know what
3: all that means, but uh, I wonder about you know the idea of like we were talking yesterday about um, uh, senior centers. You think that pets, animals, would be
4: so wonderful? A there, piece of that oh,
3: anywhere. Yeah. For the most part, I believe anywhere a dog or a cat exists, it helps us human beings in a multitude of ways. Yep. So who knows what this new study
4: Listen, If you have a service animal, it would be very easy for you to set up something at a local nursing home.
3: Yeah. To go in there and and hang out,
4: right? They'd be thrilled. Yeah. All right. Coming up next, we're going to talk about the election less than three weeks away. And what can we do about it? Well, we can pray about it. Not in a partisan way, but actually asking for God's will. Cindy Scott's going to be with us in just a minute. We'll talk about a citywide prayer event coming up. It's a ride home. 101.5 WORD. What does it look like to balance
7: the chaos of living in a broken world with remaining supernaturally peaceful? Here's Jeremiah Johnston.
12: So we have this tension that we can receive a diagnosis or you can have an unexplained medical condition or be dealing with grief. And yet it's the tension that I can still live in the shalom and the peace of God.
7: Experiencing God's shalom in your pursuit of happiness. Next time on Family Life Today with David A. Wilson.
12: Tomorrow morning at 9
2: on 101. 1.5 Word FM WORD International travel is open again. So now is the perfect time for that trip to Israel, the trip of a lifetime. A trip to the Holy Land will bring you face to face with one of the most fascinating countries on earth more than just a vacation. This meaningful trip is your opportunity to enjoy the freedom to travel again, walking the ancient streets of Jerusalem where Jesus walked, sailing the Sea of Galilee, and floating in the mineral-rich Dead Sea with its healing and rejuvenating power. Sebastian Gorka and Dinesh D'Souza, along with our trusted travel partner, Inspiration Cruises and Tours, personally invite you to experience Israel with them this November. To book your trip to Israel, Log on to StandWithIsraelTour.com That's StandWithIsraelTour.com Then call 855-565-5519 to secure your spot. Call today, 855-565-5519 Train up a child
12: in the way they should go. Well, you know the rest.
7: That's the sound of a crack in the ceiling found at a home inspection. But with a Realtor by your side, a newfound leak might only cause minor worries. With their expertise, a Realtor can suggest a credit at closing and even connect you to a contractor to help you shore up that leak and alleviate your worries. When it comes to cracks in your plans, the expertise of a Realtor can make all the difference. The difference between an agent and a Realtor is real. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. That's who we are.
0: Whose rulebook do you want to play by, the government's or your own? This is Jay Hagerman of Abernathy and Hagerman. Without a proper estate plan, many families end up playing by the government's rulebook and losing a lot of what they'd intended to leave to their families. That's why Abernathy and Hagerman presents free, ongoing estate planning workshops with attorney Dan Reimer to help you protect what's yours and make sure the government plays by your rules. The next one's happening soon. For details and to attend, visit a-h.law.
3: talking about stress, emotional states that are heightened. Uh, Anytime someone starts to talk about politics, (laughs) you don't have to have a dog in a room to tell you that it's very stressful, (laughs) is Mm -hmm. it not? Uh, one of the, uh, the the cures for the uh, uh, political and emotional stress, of course, is prayer. Cindy Scott is with us. Uh, Cindy is um, a prayer herself, a deep prayer She's also an organizer and an attorney here in the city of Pittsburgh, here to talk to us about a prayer event that is coming up that you yourself can be part of. Hey, Cindy, welcome. Hey, John and Kathy.
7: It's good to be with you. Um, I, actually, I'm not a, a... A lawyer. I used to own a legal staffing company. I'm more involved with ministry now. But yes, I am definitely a person of prayer. We know that God responds as we pray. And the election is one of the top things on my heart and mind in these days.
4: Cindy, we've known you for a long time and we've, you know, been at all sorts of events together and, you know, shared, I don't know, the same. Longings for the nation, for the city, uh, for the church. um, And things get complicated in a political season, right? People start to look at the political party as their tribe and they start to, you know, fight with people at church. And worse than that, they fight with people in their family. Um, What do you think the way forward is here?
7: Well, as Christians, we should have our eyes on God first and foremost. We should be looking to His Word as the plumb line for our lives, and that's just not a personal thing. You know, Jesus came to preach the gospel of the kingdom, and that is the rule of God everywhere. <laughs> you know, we're supposed to be salt and light everywhere. And for some reason, I don't know what reason it is, but, but Christians tend to shy back from the public realm, and that is not what God has called us to and it's certainly not the history of the founding of our nation. So I think that in this day and age we've we've, we've really been under a lot of censorship and as Christians we self-censor and I think dialogue is so important uh, but more important is us dialoguing with the God of the universe, our Father, to ask him to align us in every part of our lives including our voting with his word. So, for example, as we look at some of the really critical issues that we're facing in this nation right now, first of all, freedom. We are the freest country in the history of the world, and that was not by accident. That was by the, God's divine hand on our forefathers who came to this this came to this land and sought a place where The government would be on his shoulders, that's William Penn, where uh, we would be a light to the world, that's the pilgrims, right, and the Puritans, and they had a very deliberate thought, and I believe from the heart of God, as to what this country should be. We also have the incredibly rare privilege of choosing our leaders. So the, the scriptures tell us to pray for those in authority so that we can meet, uh, Peace, peaceable, peaceable lives, godly and peaceable lives. One, one, and, and of course we should do that, but what an incredible gift from God to actually be able to choose those leaders. Amen. And so this is, to me, a gift from the Lord that we all should treasure, that we should treasure. And you don't have to look far to see countries where they don't have this gift and what ultimately happens to the people of the oppression. When God is removed, oppression comes mm-hmm. in, and we're seeing it. We're seeing it already. And so it's up to us. It's up to God's people to discern what are those issues, life, freedom, protecting our children, protecting our rights to worship. And so, when, so we need to pray that God will raise up governmental leaders, And I like to take the word politics out, because, you know, politics people think of as messy business. I guess it can be. But governance is all throughout the scriptures. God talks about nations. He talks about godly nations. He says that blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. And sometimes I I feel like in my lifetime and what I've experienced personally, there was in my younger years, this attitude that we are of this world, but not in this world, but not of it. And so we should step back. And as soon as the light steps back, the darkness invades. And we're seeing that. We're seeing that. We're seeing that in what's being uh, thrust upon our children and schools and grandchildren. I have grandchildren, two little ones. And I'll tell you, I, pr- I pray a lot because of them. I'm concerned about what they're going to encounter in public schools. I'm concerned about their freedoms when they're our age? What, what freedoms will they have? And throughout the history of our nation, we have seen the hand of God on His people, His people, moving them into various positions, whether it's political, corporate,
4: nonprofit, education, and bringing about good for society citywide prayer for the election coming up christ church at grove farm thursday october 27th starting at 6 30 p.m that's christ church at grove farm thursday october 27th at 6 30 p.m we're talking to cindy scott cindy before you leave us talk to us about people who are interested in coming to this event or might be interested in coming to it are, should there be a concern wait a minute What? what what is this like just a democratic event is this just a republican event
7: it's neither Democratic nor Republican nor independent. It's a Christian event. So we will be lifting up um, our nation, our people, our candidates, just generally speaking, that God would move in the midst of what's happening in our elections. We will pray for honest and fair elections. That's, you know, God hates unjust scales. And we are basically going to be—it's a nonpartisan event. It's a Christian event. We're looking to God to supersede what the Republicans or the Democrats would do, and we're asking Him to put in place men and women who will seek His face, whose values most closely align to the Word of God. They may not be perfect, and we're we're really going to be praying that Christians will be engaged in selecting the leaders of this nation. So we're encouraging everybody to come. It is uh, non-denominational. It is open to the entire city and region, and we're going to be worshiping God, we're going to be thanking Him for this nation, and we're going to be lifting up these elections that His will would be done in our nation, in our, in our state, and in our city.
3: Amen to that. I mean, anytime people gather together in the name of Jesus Christ, it will be a wonderful event. So please don't miss this opportunity. You may have heard the commercials that have been airing here on Word FM, a citywide prayer for the election. Next Thursday, it's a week from today, Christ Church at Grove Farm, Thursday, October 27th at 630. No reservations are necessary. You just show up at Christ Church at Grove Farm. It gets underway at 630. Cindy Scott and a host of other people will be there, along with a a cadre of people willing and wanting to pray for this country and this very important election. Cindy, it's always a great pleasure. Thanks for being with us.
7: Thank you so much. God bless you both.
3: God bless you. Citywide prayer for the election. Christchurch at Grove Farm next Thursday at 630. Please be there. Christchurch at Grove Farm.
11: What if I told you you can save a baby's life for just $28? Well, it's true. Preborn is a ministry doing just that with the help of people like you by offering free ultrasound sessions to pregnant girls and women who otherwise might choose to end their pregnancy. We know that pregnant girls and women who can see their babies on ultrasound are far more likely to choose life. Your gift today can save babies' lives. Just $28 can give a mother the chance to see the truth of the baby that is growing inside her. $140 can do this for five girls and women. Whether you want to save one baby or five or hundreds, that opportunity is just a click or phone call away. Call 833-850-BABY. That's 833-850-2229. Or click on the preborn banner at wordfm.com.
1: Maybe you're an elder in a local congregation or a deacon wanting to serve your church more faithfully. Doctor Barry York on the Master of Theological Studies program at RPTS. The wonderful thing about the MTS degree is you can actually do it all online. So they can take the degree online and grow in that theological ability
12: that will allow them to either teach or work more faithfully in their local congregation. Learn more about the MTS degree program and flexible online options at rpts.edu.
9: Bachman's Roofing and Solar is your local award-winning roofer. Stop waiting. It's time to inspect your roof and protect your home's number number one asset. With no interest and no payment financing for 12 months, Bachman's Roofing is your easy choice for roofing, gutters, and solar. Did you know Bachman's Roofing is one of the number one GAF solar integrated roofing installers in the USA? Go with Bachman's. Go with solar and install the roof that pays for itself. Call 412-744-8390 or visit Bachman'sRoofing.com.
3: Hi, this is John Hall. You've all helped build My Pillow into the incredible company it is today, and I've trusted in Mike Lindell to give you a great night's sleep. On top of the special exclusively from my listeners on the Perkel and Giza Dream bed sheets, marked down as low as $29.98, Mike is now changing the game with his three-piece towel set. The set is made with USA cotton, making it extremely absorbent, yet still providing that soft feel you look for in a towel. The set comes with one bath, one hand towel, one washcloth, typically retailing for $49.99. Now, for a limited time, you get this three-piece towel set for the low price of $19.98 with a promo code WORD. Don't miss out on this incredible offer. It's a limited supply, so be sure to order now. Call 1-800-391-0954. Use the promo code WORD or go to MyPillow.com. Click on the radio listener square and use promo code WORD. These offers will not last long, so order now with promo code WORD at MyPillow.com for this radio-exclusive offer on all bedsheets. This always happens around major Christian holidays in that the news media wants to create a splash in some way. So you go, oh, uh, here's, an, here's a story that's applicable to the holiday. So here it is. It's almost November. We're ready to enter into the holiday season. I see a, an article today. Uh, archaeologists believe that they may have uncovered the tomb of St. Nicholas un, uh, underneath an ancient church in Turkey. Uh, researchers claim that the remains of the holy figure who inspired Santa Claus, mm-hmm. inspired Santa Claus, were recently discovered under a 6th century building more than 1,600 years after his death. St. Nicholas passed away on December the 6th, 343 AD, Wow! wow. and was allegedly buried at the UNESCO recognized church located in the small coastal town of Demre, but... His alleged tomb, which has been described as the original Santa's Grotto, was not found until 2017 when researchers conducted electronic surveys. Turkish archaeologists reportedly detected a crypt five feet beneath the marble slabs which make the church's floor. One long-standing theory is that the tomb shifted underground during an earthquake and remain undiscovered until modern techniques allowed experts to scan below the surface. So, um, not going to dig him up, you think?
4: How can we be sure that that's him? I don't know. See, that's when I start to think that people are making stuff up. It's not that I don't want to honor people historically. I think he's a fascinating figure from yes. what we know of him. But no, but linking that to a body that they found in that place, I just don't know. Right. I'm not saying it's not him. I'm just saying, I don't know how we can say with certainty that that's him. I mean, if it was 1,700 find, years ago.
3: Right. If they find a glass of milk and a few <laughs> little cookies that have been eaten as proof.
4: Which I guess wasn't even a thing until, what, the 1920s?
3: Mm. Yes, when since the Coca-Cola. When the
4: Coke thing came out. Yeah,
3: right. Did you do that with your kids? You didn't do that, did you? Mm-mm. Oh, Oh, we had, we had this whole elaborate thing. Did you? Oh, my God. We had a letter to Santa. We did this whole thing. People probably hate hate this. <laughs> I didn't care. I loved it. We had such a blast.
4: Yeah, I never you know we did the that.
3: The Excitement was so off the charts for everybody. I mean, we we talked about Norad yesterday. We, yeah. we followed his path around the world, and then so and they wrote a little letter, left out some milk and some cookies, which I drank, and then ate, and then I write a letter back, you know.
4: And what happened when they found out that they hated me <laughs> again? Maybe that's right. something to think they about.
3: Did. Yeah, they did. Mm-hmm. Uh, whatever. <laughs> Don't
4: hate me. Sure, I'm, I'm just do. having a
3: good time. Sure. we just, you know, that's
4: all. All right. Speaking of having a good time, yeah, John, uh, this eagerly anticipated wire cutter article, which I read every single year, oh. about the uh, wire cutter approved white elephant gifts mm-hmm. under twenty five bucks. Mm-hmm. It's always a crowd pleaser. I'm yeah. telling you, the things are ridiculous. Right. Can I highlight a couple?
3: Yes, but I wonder will the white elephant thing disappear? Because no. you know that was for like you know, we did white elephant here at the office. I don't think it will ever disappear. Really?
4: Because it's so ridiculous. All right, good. And people need a lift at the holidays they and it's just did. something stupid.
3: Okay, good. Yeah. You know, is there anything good on that list? Well,
4: there are a couple things. Right. Um I would say that the pickle bandage by Bioswiss is up there for me. A pickle bandage. Okay. It is a band aid, but it looks shockingly like a pickle. Really? Like a like a half of a dill pickle. How big is like it? Like the red, like about that big. Really? Like yeah, it's a, about the size of like three quarters a of a dill pickle.
3: Yeah, so you have a wound and you're covering it up with a pickle.
4: Okay, that's kind of cool. I mean, it's it's really the, even wire cutters said. I got to tell you, like some of these look cheap and flimsy. This one actually works. The
3: pickle looks good. Uh
4: huh. It's a pretty good bandage. Right. Too. Well, it's
3: good to have a sense of humor in your mm-hmm. pain and suffering, is it not?
4: I like that. Um, you can get now. We already saw this happen directly in our station, uh, the personalized socks oh yeah which is really Super great funny Lynn who uh, has worked at the station for a long time decided to put our general manager's face on a pair of socks mm-hmm. and it they were hit it's pretty much the greatest gift I've ever seen right. since I've been and everybody at the was station. sucking
3: up right away well, oh mm-hmm. I'll wear those I'll be happy to wear those I don't right, think they anybody, were.
4: did we did they say that? I
3: think the boss actually took them home and of course he's never worn them I They're took somewhere. them
4: for a while yeah. I had them for it's kind of like the thing that gets passed Moved around around right mm-hmm yeah um
3: we have a pet on our socks our long a long lost dog
4: oh that's good mm-hmm. I like that yep um what about the uh the karaoke microphone I like it a lot see I hate it why because i I think it's so cheesy and but you like it
3: yeah it's like it's so the karaoke microphone attaches to a Bluetooth mm-hmm. so you can run you know your phone from the to the microphone yes you're good to go. You don't need the whole big setup. It's like instant karaoke. I dig it. Do you really? Are you a
4: karaoke fan?
3: Uh, not really. Okay. Mike is. He's a Mr. Karaoke.
4: Oh, wait. So why, why do you love it so much if you're not a karaoke fan?
3: I just think the idea of people spontaneously bursting out in song, that's good for everybody. Even if you're a bad singer. Everybody, don't you like a karaoke? No. Oh, come on.
4: I think it's I. What? it's So cringy. No, no, it's it is not the cringy. is the cringiest. It's fun. It's. All, I don't think it is. Everybody wants to no, sing. No, nobody. So I think a lot hand. of people don't want to sing man actually. Can. And the people who want to sing, maybe we shouldn't be singing. No,
3: no, they should be singing. I don't know. It's enjoyment. It takes it the stress a off group, the group.
4: Yes, but one person in front of the group. It seems weird to me.
3: Everybody takes a turn.
14: WORD-FM, Pittsburgh. On your smart speaker by saying, Play the Word, Pittsburgh. And on your phone via the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and Odyssey.
0: With SRN News, I'm Jason Walker. Prime Minister Liz Truss stepping down following a short term in which her policies triggered turmoil. She's been Prime Minister just 45 days BBC correspondent Nick Erdley on the timeline going forward. Over
14: the next week, there will be a leadership election among Conservative MPs. This is a lightning speed change. The question now is whether the Conservative Party can coalesce around another leader, whether there's anybody that can unite the party. The answer at the moment is no. And whether the party can avoid a general election.
0: Very frightening times in Panama. Officials say a 6.7 magnitude earthquake has shaken the western part of the country. No initial reports of damage. U.S. Geological Survey says the quake was 39 miles southwest of Boca Chica. This is SRN News.
8: From Kingston Studios, no vacancy. An incredible true story comes to Salem now.
10: Now they want to purchase a motel and turn it into a shelter for homeless families.
8: A demoted journalist, a recovering addict, and a pastor fighting for the homeless find themselves at the end of hope.
1: I got 45 signatures right here, Mayor, against this proposal from my neighborhood.
2: Let's stop this!
8: It's like the grapes of Wrath, Starring T.C. Stallings, Sean Young, and Dean Cain. Feed the hungry and, and house the homeless. That's what we're supposed to do. It means you have tenants. I
5: know.
2: I'm, I'm You're going to, to have them leave today, or I'm going to terminate your lease.
10: You didn't want to do this piece.
5: The
2: things change. You have to run it tomorrow.
10: No, not a chance. The nicest thing anybody ever done to me.
8: Streaming now. Find it at SalemNow.com. Welcome to
4: Hope. You've already heard a lot about the exceptional retirement lifestyles available at St. Barnabas. Here's what you might not know. St. Barnabas is a Christian organization that dates back to 1900. That's when Episcopal monks started the tradition of taking care of those who had no ability to do it themselves. Sure, the campus may have changed a bit over the years, but the mindset is still the same. Think about it. Luxury retirement with like-minded people. Now that's an easy decision. Call St. Barnabas, 724-443-0700.
14: Hi, I'm Al Abaroa, founder of Knight Strategic Wealth. Inflation is a problem, markets are volatile, and the risk of running out of money in retirement is real. That's why I love annuities, and you should too. Your financial advisor doesn't want you to know that with our annuity strategy, when the stock market goes up, you earn a market-linked return that locks in every year, and when the stock market goes down, your annuity won't lose a dime. There are no unnecessary fees, and it works for your investments, money at a brokerage firm, or even money at a bank. It's simple, it's safe, and you should only invest if you learn the facts. And that's why savvy investors work with us. Want to learn more? Text free to 833 898 0500 and we'll send our retirement readiness kit directly to your phone right now. If you want to use safe, low fee annuities to build a retirement portfolio that will go up with the market and never lose money, get our retirement readiness kit today and see how this strategy can help secure your future. Text free to 833-898-0500. Text free to 833-898-0500. Patchy
1: clouds expected for tonight will reach a nighttime low of 34. Tomorrow will be mostly sunny. Tomorrow we'll see a high of 62. Mainly clear skies tomorrow night with a low of 42. As we look to the weekend Saturday, it'll be sunny and warm. A nice start to the weekend will reach a high of 71. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm forecaster Drew Shannon. Portions of the following program are pre-recorded.
2: Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall
1: and Kathy Emmons.
3: You know, they say there's no such thing as a free lunch, but today at Word FM, there is a free lunch. Because corporate came in from California for a big event this evening, there's box lunches in the fridge. Get out of here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Several of them. More than several, as a matter of fact. Wow. So you can, I didn't
4: uh, know. Now I had, all, I had all, you know, my, my nut snack. You, you know, add, I had peanuts and cashews and stuff.
3: You could had a ham and cheese sandwich in a box. I didn't look inside that was in there, but there's probably like eight or, what do you think? Mike, did you have, a, have yourself a, a, Mike? Yeah, you yeah, had one. You were on that. Huh. All right. My good. feelings are a little hurt. You yeah, yeah that's okay. Didn't We're going to the dinner. We're going to go to the event. You're going to have dinner right. for free. Okay, that's fine. Right? <laughs> what the heck? We feed you every meal what, for I'm, free?
4: First of all, you bring it up. And then when I respond, you're like, why? You're ungrateful? Right. I mean, talk about a well, no win.
3: I mean, you think this is a socialist company or something <laughs> like that? grief. You're, what's you're,
4: happening, John?
3: Just back hey, off there. Just be thankful for what <laughs> you have. You didn't
4: have. want me to look longingly at the sandwich. Don't bring it up. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Sorry.
4: <laughs> uh, when you're in a group of people, John, yeah. and I'm going to say not friends, mm-hmm. people you know slightly, you know, they could be acquaintances. hmm Or it could be maybe people at a dinner party, people at a a new group you're going to. Um,
3: Like my wife's uh, high school reunion. Sure. Oh,
4: boy. If politics comes up, if religion comes up, Mm -hmm. are you comfortable just saying what you think?
3: No. 100% no. I shut down. I walk away. Okay. I do not want... I'm sorry. I'm just not going to do it.
4: Okay. So what if you couldn't walk away and had to do it? Would you be honest?
3: Yes. Yes. Would yes. You? Yes. 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 Especially about faith. Yes.
4: Okay. Take faith out of the picture. Politics.
3: Politics. Would yeah. you be honest? Wait. This sounds like a torture experiment. Like I'm all of a sudden I'm in it. Ukraine, right? I don't want to do that. I mean, what? Someone's going to go. You must tell me, John
4: Hall. I'm just saying there's there's a there's a circumstance where you can't get away. Someone asks you point blank point blank. Would you answer honestly? <sighs> Can, should I jump in and say that I would not answer honestly? I would, I would try to weasel out of it. No,
3: I would. Why? I would like
4: to weasel out of to it to
3: avoid conflict.
4: Yes, because I can't picture a way, and this tells you where we are in our. I cannot picture a way no. when that conversation is not going to be terrible. Well, Which because, tells you how many political conversations I've had, which is a lot, Who've gone, which have gone terribly. Because you're
3: presupposing the person who brings up politics is dang sure of their opinion that it's right in all aspects. Because why
4: else are they bringing exactly it up?
3: Exactly, right. So then there's the problem right there. When you're engaging with someone who has a total foothold on all things political, so then you chime in with a dissenting opinion about their politics, of course it's going to be ugly. But I'm going to go there. You have to. You have to stand up for what you believe in.
4: 13,000 students, John, and employees responded to a survey put out by the Pennsylvania State System of Higher Education uh, asking questions just like this Mm -hmm. and there were some interesting responses. This is the first system-wide climate survey done in the state and most of it According to today's PG, had a positive result. The majority of students and faculty said that they felt safe on campus, that, that they're treated with, with respect there. It's all good news. Mm-hmm. But, politics. Here's where the cloud comes across the sunshiny day. Mm-hmm. The survey responses showed that political expression and employee engagement are areas of concern. According to survey results, fewer students and faculty report feeling comfortable discussing political views on campus yeah, that's very wise. and additionally just one-third of faculty showed they were engaged chancellor daniel greenstein called the results quote a sobering reflection on the state of american society quote some of these results are going to be uncomfortable and they're going to force uncomfortable conversations but we need to have them the survey asked opinions on topics including political views, religious views, campus diversity, discrimination, bias, and harassment, campus safety, student outreach, campus experience, and engagement.
3: Okay, so the students are saying what you're saying.
4: They're not comfortable.
3: But the administration saying we need to have them? no,
4: the no, the administration. Well, one third of the faculty is. Are the only ones that are even engaged in these issues. So that means the two thirds of the faculty don't want to have anything to do with it either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's so obvious why that is because it's not about tolerance anymore. It's about there is a societal, societally approved point of view, and either you have it or you don't. Wait,
3: society? Like, what do you mean by that? I mean, it all depends where that where you are.
4: Right? It does for the most part, but if we're talking about Pennsylvania state schools, I uh, think you know that that's what this that, that's who this went to. Right. Okay. So the societally appropriate response is that a
3: liberal perspective right, on politics on everything. Right. Right. And if you so if you're outside and not just
4: on politics on social issues on religion right. on everything.
3: Well, I, I would imagine if you went to a conservative school. Now, believe me, they are an anomaly, but they do exist. You could also be outside the norm of the liberal perspective yes, as well. Yeah,
4: you could, right? So that you would be. So the problem isn't conservative or liberal. The problem is that none of that the people are 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 incapable of being tolerant, and we talk about tolerance, especially on the left, and very little of it is practiced.
3: I agree. Well, th- th- we live in an ugly world, and. Uh, Politics is just like the the tip of the iceberg of the ugliness. It's the quick go-to, of course. But why would you want to bring that up? Look, I mean, I grew up, you know, in the late 60s and in the 70s when politics, the Vietnam War, you know, that was all over the college campuses. Yeah. There right? was
4: conversation all the time,
3: Conversation. Right? There were riots, demonstrations on a continual yeah, basis. Yeah, but that's not
4: the same as conversation. No, it's not. Were there... I mean, that yes. you you were a kid then.
3: Yeah, but there was a lot. Of, there was a lot of advocacy on campus and in school, left and right.
4: Well, there's a lot of advocacy, I think, on in people's lives, and very little conversation. So th- this uh, Chancellor Daniel Greenstein, yeah. this is, I'm going to say this again, this is his quote, some of these results are going to be uncomfortable and they're going to force uncomfortable conversations, but we need to have them. So well, that's in
3: college. That's why you a- should have them in college.
4: That's what college is supposed to be yes, for. Right. It's supposed, the classic liberal education right. is that you go to college to be exposed to different people's points of view. Right. And then somehow during those four years, you figure out what you think about things, the more that you're educated.
3: But now with cancel culture and whatnot, we are not, you know, not allowed to have those conversations no, because, because the point people's of view's, feelings are hurt.
4: And the point of view has already been decided for you. So Daniel Greenstein appears to be com- coming down on the same side you were coming down on, which is that when pushed, you would have the conversation.
3: I think it's necessary. I think you, it you is necessary.
4: To. And I think you're more right than I am because I just tend to say, you know what, I'm just, I'm not doing that. I'm just not doing that. And I think that that's probably well, unhelpful. Along. Well,
3: do you think by espousing your opinion in a situation like like that, you're going to change anyone's mind? No. Of course.
4: But so, even if somebody said, what do you think? Now, I, I would hope, I mean, again, I'm trying to hypothetically imagine myself in the circumstance. Maybe I would perform better than I think I would. But I just, I, I'm so eager and to not have the conversation because of every stinking YouTube ad Mm -hmm. that comes on when I'm trying to watch a concert that says something horrible about another candidate. I'm so sick of that environment. I'm so sick of that language that I just recoil.
3: Yeah. I mean, I, I I get that. I was at a picnic this summer, and there were three of us standing around talking.
4: Was (laughs) this a family picnic?
3: Uh, No, it wasn't. No, it was a friend's friend's picnic. And three of us standing around talking, three guys. One of the guys said something political. Two of us turned around and walked away. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, like immediately. Okay,
4: but the better response... (laughs) Would be if the three of you could have talked about it. But based on how the first guy brought it up, there was no other opinion to be had? No, because like
3: you said, if if you're the person who brings it up, then you're the guy who's most invested in it and is dang sure that your opinion is the only one and the correct one. And if you don't have that opinion, then I'm going to tell you why you're wrong.
4: So the only way maybe to have a conversation is to start it with a question instead of an answer.
3: Mm, That's good. But why do you want to have that conversation? Well, I, Why do be, you? It's like at a family gathering. First of all, a- I
4: don't want to. But I do, I felt convicted when I read this comment by Chancellor Daniel Greenstein because I do think that uncomfortable conversations are important to have. And I think that I'm probably too wimpy when it comes to not having them. I'm not saying I want to be vitriolic because I don't, but I think we need to find a better way to bring the volume down and bring more substance into it because we've got a whole nation of college students who aren't able to do it. Right. And that's because we aren't able to do it. But you
3: know, people that you engage that and, you know, then all of a sudden it becomes a monologue and then your eyes glaze over and you think oh man i got to go i need why am i wasting my I time i got to go elsewhere i got to get out of here I know. you know then uh, that's me i i, I kind of like
4: okay but do you have a group of people that you can have good political conversations with yes okay so do i
3: i feel g- g- good about that that
4: <laughs> you and i have the same group
3: <laughs> well we know each other well we work together and socialize together i don't know i don't know it's just very Politics. Why is everything? Is it, I don't know. We live in this, this
4: Coming is. up next, we're not going to get any easier because we're going to learn to like the most annoying person in our lives. Oh, next. One hundred
7: one point five W O
4: R D. Pittsburgh's favorite Christian music is here on the weekend
9: with the best new music. New, new, music. new music from Dan Bremdes. Hold you tight. Don't you worry tonight, I will hold you. Good Lord, from David Leonard. Me from pittsburgh's own vanessa campagna celebrating 20 years of bringing pittsburgh's favorites and the best
14: new music 101.5 w o r d on the weekend
3: hi this is john hall you've all helped build my pillow into the incredible company it is today and i've trusted in mike lindell to give you a great night's sleep on top of the special exclusively from my listeners on the Perkel and Giza Dream bed Sheets, marked down as low as $29.98, Mike is now changing the game with his three-piece towel set. The set is made with USA Cotton, making it extremely absorbent, yet still providing that soft feel you look for in a towel. The set comes with one bath, one hand towel, one washcloth, typically retailing for $49.99. Now, for a limited time, you get this three-piece towel set for the low price of $19.98 with a promo code WORD. Don't miss out on this Incredible offer. It's a limited supply, so be sure to order now. Call 1-800-391-0954, use the promo code WORD, or go to MyPillow.com. Click on the radio listener square and use promo code WORD. These offers will not last long, so order now with promo code WORD at MyPillow.com for this radio-exclusive offer on all bedsheets.
1: Hi, Rhett Rasmussen of BestHotGrill.com. Step up your grilling game with our Solaire Portable Infrared Grills. Our compact everywhere is a favorite of RVers and trailer pullers. Solaire Infrared provides the quick sear for bar marks and texture needed to properly finish sous vide. Use a portable alongside your larger conventional grill to create an instant sear zone and more juicy and flavorful food. Learn more at BestHotGrill.com. Affordable, powerful, portable infrared grills at BestHotGrill.com.
10: If you are 65 or older, you know this, it's really frustrating to deal with out of pocket medical expenses, just watching your hard earned dollars flying out the window. Well, here's something that can really help. And it's worth taking a minute to look into MediShare as a new option. It's called MediShare 65 And MediShare is a community of Christians who share each other's healthcare bills. It really is a community too. People encourage and pray for each other. Medishare 65 Plus is a low cost option for those with Medicare Parts A and B, and it fills in the gaps where Medicare stops. It's a great way to fight inflation too. You can lock in one low monthly price for up to ten years, and you can use your Medicare approved doctor. And you also get telehealth 24 seven service, so you don't have to leave your home for the little stuff. Very worth looking into, and it's so easy to find out why people rave about the customer service at Medishare. They're easy to talk to. Call eight three three SHARE fifty. 5 that's 833 share 55 833 share 55
3: has there been a person or persons in your life that no matter what I mean you you're forced to have close contact whether you know it's a co-worker or someone in your church or your school or whatnot that just annoys the heck out of you does that happen to you
4: yes mm-hmm.
3: I'll go back to my college years there was someone who I went all through all through all four years in college and um this person was in my classes a lot, and she just annoyed me. And 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 I don't. I, I would think, why does that person annoy you? Mm-hmm. I mean, I, it, she wasn't rude or you know mean to me or you know. There was just something about her. I go, oh, oh man, and you know, and, and then it's kind of funny. You know, I mean, decades went by, and of course, and uh, you know, you go, you go your separate ways. You're doing your own she shows up on my Facebook feed and I, you're kidding. Me. And I was like,
4: Oh, like she, she friended you.
3: Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. Which is fine. And, and cause you know, we were like in these intimate circles in college together, but I, I was like, I, I, there she was. And I don't really engage with her, but you know, I see her postings and she, of course she would see mine, but I would think back and think, Oh, there she is again. And what was it about her that just drove me crazy? You've had that.
4: I have had that, and you know what else? I had somebody who uh, I worked with tell me that I was that person. Oh,
3: them. oh, see, so you could see. Oh, isn't that horrible?
4: Because
3: mm-hmm. I'm sure I had the same effect on other people mm-hmm. as well, right? People, are, oh, there's this guy, yeah, right, and then you-
4: yeah, we were having a, we were having a conversation. <laughs> we we're having we were having not it wasn't an argument, but it was definitely a disagreement oh. on the phone. And this person said, "Well, the problem is." Mm-hmm. The bottom line problem is that I don't like you very much. Was this recent? Yeah, it was within the last f- five years, really? six years.
3: That stopped you cold, didn't it?
4: No, because I wasn't surprised. Oh, it was. Uh, I was actually very glad to have the conversation because it was an undercurrent thing that you kind of get.
3: So it came to the front. Yep. Well, what's your response to that? I mean, you can. You, you didn't say why. Did you say why? Yeah, sure. Why? I why not you why. like me? Yeah.
4: Sure. Did you feel the
3: same way about that person?
4: Uh, Were you surprised? Not as as much, but I was annoyed with their approach to some things. (laughs) Not to life. To how they breathe.
3: (laughs) Because you know you get people like that.
4: Okay, but here's here's, the story has a good ending, though, Mm. because we ended up to be good friends. See? Okay. We really did. And the only reason we ended up to be friends was because we had that awful Mm -hmm, conversation. mm
3: -hmm, Okay. So there's a an article in the Wall Street Journal. Learn to like the most annoying person in your life. Now it, it starts out with this story this this piece where there's a guy a woman who says my coworker used to take my newspaper without me without asking, borrow things from my desk, and so
2: she was a, on her last nerve.
3: Horrible, just horrible. So uh, anyway, they go through this whole story about this couple. But then they go into the you know sort of the psychological experience uh, about how you how you engage with people that you don't like, and and their thrust is this: that you should give people that you don't like a second or third chance. Look for the one thing that you like. You can find the I thing, Mm -hmm. like you both root for the Steelers. Sure, and take that and embrace that and then start the conversation around that if i like that and you like that then clearly we can find some common ground
4: so the thing that's that's essential to that is wanting to yeah because you're not going to find the one thing if you're so and if you don't want to but if you're stuck with that
3: person right like i was in that class with that woman Mm -hmm. forever for four years start with empathy Maybe the person's behavior reflects stress or disappointment that you know nothing about, right? Yes. Everyone's suffering. Yes. Right. I, I I remember my mom said this to me one time, uh, and I wasn't talking about that, but she said, "Well, maybe the reason why is because they're so much like you that they that they are you. You share like Mm -hmm. you know the same traits. You see yourself in them, and and you you don't like it
4: exactly,
3: which I thought was pretty wise." I can't say that that's...
4: No surprise that Grace Maloney Hall was wise. She was a wise woman. She was. Okay, so... If if you... I I think a lot of people don't want to take the step to find anything common, Common because I think it's a lot easier to dislike somebody. Okay, let me ask you a question. Mm -hmm. When you are annoyed by somebody or you're in a conflict with somebody, you can... Create in your head the conversation that you think you would have,
3: right? <laughs> With a person, uh, you know me. Yeah, I do know Are
4: you. You? <laughs> <laughs> you specialize in this. <laughs> <laughs>
3: I specialize in it. I do, of course. I, yeah, I think that's pretty common. <laughs> oh, I got the whole thing down. We've had that conversation multiple times. Yeah, yeah. right.
4: <laughs> So you can imagine how the conversation would go between you and the other party. Yes. Right? Party X. But if the conversation actually happens, it's never anything like that.
3: No, it's never. It, it, which is what's crazy. So it's
4: such a stupid waste I know it of, is. of emotional, it, psychological, yes. psychological energy to do that. Yes. And yet we do that all the time. All
3: the time I do it. I go, I know what they're going to say and I'm going to say this. And, you know, right. and there's a little bow on it and then boom.
4: Yeah. And, and you end up feeling miserable.
3: Yes. I make myself and miserable. And if you'd have the Sad, conversation, upset.
4: it would be much better than you expected it would be. Which is what the article in the Wall Street Journal is talking about. Right. Because the woman who was annoyed by the guy that was taking her paper and taking stuff off of her desk and everything – they finally realized that they read the same book, mm-hmm. and they both liked the same book, Yep, and that was enough, right? And all of a sudden, they were like, I can't believe we like the same book, and then they just kind of went on. And, and then that they was- started hanging out together,
3: right. and then they got married. <laughs> 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 it's It's so complex. I mean, relationships are so complex because... Our relationship with ourselves yeah. is first and foremost so complex. I mean, I can't, even at this age, I still can't figure myself no. out half the time, right? I mean, that's why a therapist is so valuable because they hold the mirror up to you and you go, hold on, little coconut. Mm-hmm. This is what's going on. Do you see it? And you go, oh, light bulb. Okay. If I can understand myself, then I get to see a clearer picture of how I see the world and how I operate in it, good or bad. Right. It's very complex.
4: It really is. Anyway, so you think it's a, you think it's possible to like somebody who you previously found very annoying?
3: Not only is it a possibility, it's a necessity. I agree, uh, undoubtedly. Even a church. Don't oh, people, especially a church, right? I mean, these are when people say, like, people say to me, "I am your brother." Yeah. I am your sister in Christ. Well, I got a deeper responsibility than just kind of going, yep. "Hey, how you doing? Checking in? What's going on?" Yeah, blah. Right? There's something, a very deep thing. And if
4: something goes wrong in that relationship, we have a greater responsibility to work it out.
3: Yes. That's I'm hard. into that. I'm into that. I'm into that. All right. Take a quick break. Come back. The Daily Feature. Does this
4: make sense? I bet it doesn't. It's
3: next.
2: Hello, this is John Guest. We would like to invite you to a citywide prayer gathering at Christ Church at Grove Farm, Thursday, October the 27th, 6.30 to 8 in the evening, to pray together for the next midterm election that candidates will be elected who will stand for biblical values and that Christians will get out and vote in what will be a monumentally critical election. This is John Guest. Go for it. Bachman's Roofing and Solar is
9: your local award-winning roofer. Stop waiting. It's time to inspect your roof and protect your home's number one asset. With no interest and no payment financing for 12 months, Bachman's Roofing is your easy choice for roofing, gutters, and solar. Did you know Bachman's Roofing is one of the number one G DAF solar integrated roofing installers in the USA. Go with Bachman's, go with solar and install the roof that pays for itself. Call 412 744 8390 or visit Bachman's What is a warrior? At
12: Portersville Christian School, it's more than a team name. A warrior is taught to serve, to passionately model the love of Christ toward neighbor, community, and world. To learn as they cultivate academic excellence and a lifelong love of learning from kindergarten to senior year. And to lead through Christian character and integrity. Are you a warrior? Discover Portersville Christian School just 15 minutes north of Cranberry, where warriors are made, at ourpcs.org.
5: Listen on your smart
14: speaker at wordfm.com, the Word FM app, iHeart, TuneIn, and on Odyssey. In your car or at home, too, at 101.5 W O R D F M, Pittsburgh.
1: Patchy clouds expected for tonight will reach a nighttime low of 34. Tomorrow will be mostly sunny. Tomorrow we'll see a high of 62. Mainly clear skies tomorrow night with a low of 42. As we look to the weekend Saturday, it'll be sunny and warm. A nice start to the weekend will reach a high of 71. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm forecaster Drew Shannon.
4: Does this make
3: sense? Does what make sense?
4: (laughs) The British system of governance.
3: Oh, 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 (laughs) oh. Can you imagine? I mean...
4: Does that make sense? Well... Does it make sense to have a a prime minister that lasts for 40 days?
3: I hate to say it, but it's working for them. It, it, It has worked for them. Although... When you look at what's happened in the past several months—four months, multiple prime ministers—the
4: Queen dies, I mean, the whole of, the whatever secretary resigns—but
3: they've been doing this for how many hundreds of I, years? So there's something. I'm there. not
4: trying to debate the longevity of it, but it does. You need a little more time. I'm not trying to defend Liz Truss. I don't know anything about They're
3: her. They're not even voting. No, I and mean, the right. common citizens, like right. what? Who's who's? What's going so on? So
4: I. I I don't know how much sense it makes, though, to be in office for that short of a time and then have to resign because you can't right. get your, you know, you can't push your your economic system forward. Well,
3: as Americans, our DNA says that doesn't make sense.
4: Exactly. Because because you're going to need four years to work it. this. Exactly. <laughs> right? And I'm going to stand with my forefathers, John, and right. say, you know what? That doesn't make sense.
3: The madness of King George. Doesn't make mm-hmm. sense. All right. okay. I, I, I just have to agree with you. It doesn't make sense. But does this make sense? Okay, I'm gonna just. I've been thinking about this. Um, scented trash bags. You see this, right? I mean, uh, lemon scented Floral. kitchen trash bags. Floral. What? That doesn't make any. You're throwing C- cinnamon your cinnamon spice. Trash bags. Oh, that All that does is just cover up, and then every time you open up the trash can, what, I'm smelling like lemon-scented garbage? That doesn't make any sense to me John, at all. John, that doesn't make sense. Here's the deal. What makes more sense is when just get that garbage out of the kitchen before it starts to stink.
4: That's because all. if you combine the stinking with the cinnamon spice garbage bag smell, right. that's like, like, like the worst you know, ever. It's someone
3: putting on perfume when they get BO. That's kind of what it is, right? Don't do that. No. Take care of this, uh-huh. of, the, of the root cause first. And then if you want to put a little perfume on, that's fine. But, you know,
5: mm-hmm.
3: that doesn't make any sense to me. But I, I see it in the grocery store. I was like buying grocery or, you know, trash bags the other day. And I was like, lemon scented, something like, they were like, lemon scented bleach oxidizer. They were like throwing all these, like, you know, whoa, holy smokes. It's got bleach and lemon scent. It must be like super smelly. Really good At job. At least that's
4: better than floral, which is what I saw the other day. Really? I mean, I'd rather have a lemon scent to my garbage than a floral scent. <laughs>
3: <laughs> so that doesn't make sense. The Brits, that's a whole no, other listen, story. I'm telling you. That doesn't they make sense. They don't make a whole lot of sense, sense at all. Sense.
5: All right.
14: 5 W.O.R.D.
9: What happens when you open God's Word every day? I'm Alan Jackson, and I have the privilege of joining you every weekday here on the radio. I see the transforming effect of God's Word daily. Lives are changed because His Word gives us insight for the challenges we face and encouragement in our walk with the Lord. Join me, and let's see what God has in store for us today. A fresh look at Scripture, weekday mornings at 9.30, Alan Jackson Ministries on 101.5 W.O.R.D.
10: If you are 65 or older, you know this, it's really frustrating to deal with out-of-pocket medical expenses, just watching your hard-earned dollars flying out the window. Well, here's something that can really help, and it's worth taking a minute to look into MediShare as a new option. It's called MediShare 65+. And MediShare is a community of Christians who share each other's healthcare bills. It really is a community, too. People encourage and pray for each other. MediShare 65 Plus is a low-cost option for those with Medicare Parts A and B, and it fills in the gaps where Medicare stops. It's a great way to fight inflation, too. You can lock in one low monthly price for up to 10 years, and you can use your Medicare-approved doctor, and you also get telehealth twenty four seven service so you don't have to leave your home for the little stuff. Very worth looking into, and it's so easy, to Find out why people rave about the customer service at MediShare. They're easy to talk to. Call 833-SHARE. 55. That's 833-SHARE-55. 833-SHARE-55.
8: From Kingstone Studios, no vacancy. An incredible true story comes to Salem now.
10: Now they want to purchase a motel and turn it into a shelter for homeless families.
8: A demoted journalist, a recovering addict, and a pastor fighting for the homeless find themselves at the end of hope.
1: I got forty-five signatures right here, Mayor, against this proposal from my neighborhood.
2: Let's stop this.
1: It's like the grapes of wrath,
8: starring T.C. Stallings, Sean Young, and Dean Kane. Feed the hungry and, and house the
2: homeless. That's what we're supposed to do. It means you have tenants. I know. I'm. Um, You're going to want... have them leave today, or I'm going to terminate your lease.
10: I didn't want to do this piece. But things change. You have to run it tomorrow. No, not a chance. The nicest thing anybody ever done for me. Streaming
8: now. Find it at SalemNow.com. Welcome to Hope.
10: What
12: happened to quality customer service? These days, it feels like most companies just treat you like a number. It can be difficult to find a real human to speak to when you have a question or need assistance. At the Original Mattress Factory, we have a customer-focused philosophy... We offer an educational, no-pressure shopping experience because we want to help you find the right mattress for you, whether you buy from us or not. Visit an Original Mattress factory today to see the difference quality customer service makes. OriginalMattress.com
3: So what is the future of Christian marriage? I mean, there's been a standard, I think, right, for millennials... Certainly here in America, the standard has still continued on uh, up until recently. But you look at our, you know, the church, cafe you mm-hmm. go to, there's a lot of young marriage there, mm-hmm. aren't there?
4: Yeah, right now in our church, there are a ton of people getting
5: married. Yeah.
3: Well, our our first guest today, Mark Regnerus, he's professor of sociology at the University of Texas. He's got a brand new book out called The Future of Christian Marriage, but uh, an article that was the uh, the major piece at CT, Can the Church Save Marriage? Matrimony rates decline even among conservative Christians. And and Mark, welcome to the show. You've done a lot of really incredible research on this. Thanks for being with us. Happy to be here. Thanks
4: for having me. So would you start out talking to us about Rachel, whose story you tell at the start of your article?
15: Rachel, she, uh, we met her. She was a, a, a transplant. I believe it was from Wisconsin. And she met her husband online, fell in love, but uh, you know, was not Christian at the time. And so she, her kind of pathway back to the church came through marriage, not, uh, uh, not, you know, prior to it. So, uh, and she looks back and sort of like how, how I did all these things you know, backwards in some ways and how I would want to sort of not want my children to do the same things I did. But, um, and by backwards, what do you mean? In marriage. Well, you know, I think they, they slept with each other on the, the first or third date. I forget what exactly which one it was. Um, and she recognizes, like, oh, this is not the way to sort of proceed with a person, but is is what she did, and so she looks at that and is like, okay, I learned a lot of things, but I, you know, in spite of all that, my marriage has stuck. It's good, and uh, uh, but it was really the children that sort of that kind of uh, brought back to her the the centrality of uh, of the notion of Christian marriage.
3: So it was children, not necessarily belonging to a church.
15: That part came a little bit later, okay? So the belonging became important to her. But at the beginning, it was just sort of uh, like the the wonder of of childbirth. (laughs)
3: Interesting. So, Mark, in your piece, and I imagine as well in your book, The Future of Christian Marriage, you paint a picture that is not necessarily a positive picture of what's ahead, that people are delaying marriage if they're being married at all.
4: And they're skeptical about the institution.
3: That's the big thing. And it's not just here in the United States. It's around the world. You traveled yeah. a, a lot in your studies. People are skeptical of marriage. P- please talk to us about that. It is. Yeah. it's,
15: it's uh, Part of the skepticism comes from... Uh, are having exported extremely high expectations for marriage, which are uh, you know, endemic today uh, everywhere, partly because they became uh, pronounced here. So uh, at, at the same time, you know, most of the people still wish to marry, okay? I'm, I'm, I am keep waiting for that to turn down. It doesn't seem to have turned down yet, but the rates of marriage are declining. Uh, the age at which people marry... Is rising, so there's kind of a generalized pessimism about it. There's hope that they can find uh, uh, exactly what they want, and yet uh, there's, there's people take a lot of lumps along the way. I talk about it in a different book where you know the, the road to marriage is getting longer and rockier for people. Uh, most still make it, although notably fewer than in the past. I think the projection is that about maybe two-thirds of today's 20-year-old women will be married at some point in their life, whereas as recently as the early 70s, that would have been about 90%. Wow. And it's no surprise,
3: you're right, that uh, generally uh, men are less inclined to be married than women are.
15: Yeah, and the funny thing is they, they tend to like their marriages more than their wives once they're in it. But they're pokier towards moving to and, and in that direction, and have been so for quite some time. Um, yeah, so men and women—they want a little bit different things from marriage. They have different timetables. She's typically in greater hurry due to sort of fertility concerns. Um, so you know, it's, it's it's a remarkable institution. You know, it's been thrown curveballs lately uh, on. Uh, um, both in terms of de- increasing divorce rates, but also sort of the very redefinition civic uh, uh, of of marriage, at least from the government's perspective. Yeah. So I think people uh, they want it. They don't necessarily know how to get it, and there's a you know there's a lot of people out there who're saying, "Why don't I get asked out?" Right? So.
3: Yeah. I mean, I can't imagine what it would be like to be a young single today and spending your life swiping left and right, right, looking for a mate in swiping, because that sort of like takes marriage out of the context. It's I mean, it's the ultimate meat market, isn't it?
15: It is. Uh, And it's it's, you know, we think somehow we have improved things by outsourcing the the this. The way in which we meet people, you can meet a lot more people now than ever, but the, or, you, know, you would think if it was so efficient that our marriage rates would be soaring, which they're not. I mean, it makes pickier people. It makes people think of other human beings as kind of, uh, you know, packages, uh, yeah, commodities sort of uh, that you can sort of quickly evaluate and cycle through. It's, it's decidedly uh, unhuman in many ways. But it's the fast becoming the primary way that people meet. Around the world.
4: Mm-hmm. Mark Nurse is with us, professor of sociology at the University of Texas at Austin, also co-founder of the Austin Institute for the Study of Family and Culture. His new book is called The Future of Christian Marriage. Um, you write about Victor, who's 29 years old. He's an Orthodox Christian in Moscow. Um but he is afraid to get married as well. Uh do you remember Victor and do you remember what his issues were?
15: <laughs> you know I, yeah, I write these things down like Victor, uh if, if I'm not mistaken, he was married before. Mm-hmm. Um and, and 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 again if I'm not mistaken, he had uh he had been the one who had wronged his wife and left her and uh uh, in the Orthodox community in Russia, there's an awful lot of uh, young marriage in a secular fashion because it's easy to get married there. And then, you know, you marry when you're 21, 22, then reality hits and it's easy to get in, easy to get out. So mm. a lot of people left their marriages. And so then they come to some sort of religious reawakening. I mean, the Orthodox Church, I know we're, we're squabbling with it now over the, the legitimacy of the, the Russian invasion. However, uh, on, on matters of marriage, they're pretty solid and pretty good and, and fairly articulate when I was uh, there and interviewing. Hmm. Um, so people come to this faith probably later in their 20s and early 30s. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, I screwed it up. Now I want to do it right. And it's difficult uh, to, to sort of do it right. Plus, to Add to the orthodoxy thing. I mean, Russia is largely secular culture, uh, and orthodoxy is fairly demanding. So, to you know, to find a spouse in that environment can be challenging. Uh, especially, you know, I think it was in his case where he felt like he had, you know, he was responsible for the, the collapse of his marriage uh, and wanted to make it right, but she was, she was done.
3: Right. Okay. So then, Mark, uh, obviously, uh, as a believer, as we are as well, you're talking to an audience on Christian radio. Then, you know, when you look at divorce rates uh, inside the church as opposed to outside, there's not a whole lot of difference as opposed to, you know, either or being divorced. So what's the solution? I mean, how can the church equip and embolden people to come to marriage and to do so and stay married?
15: Right. Right. Well, the divorce rates are different. I mean, some of it's a function of, like, when are we looking? Right? Some people, like in Victor's case, come to, to to regret what they did after they have come to sort of a, a more realistic faith. Now, uh, so once when, when Christians marry and they're serious from the get-go, the, the sort of rates and risk of divorce are much lower mm-hmm. in that sort of situation. Uh, a lot of it, I think, comes to sort of a, a frank leveling with people about what marriage is, what it's not, what we should expect from it, what each person should put into it, right? But also constantly be aware of uh, voices, messages, images, suggesting that, uh, oh, this is a key component of marriage, and if you don't have it, you're missing out. Uh, I think, you know, we have to have a, a bit of a more sober understanding of what, matrimony is about and if we have that then we tend to sort of enjoy our marriages more it's when we look around thinking i'm missing out on something Hmm. uh that that you know damage really gets done and so you know plus it happens to be a a fragile union in that it's like it's just two people right It's, it's one network connection between uh me and this other person and so plus When we have larger families, frankly, we add strength to that union, right? So you think about all the network connections between you and one child, another child, another child, your wife and that child. You know, the whole unit of a family gets stronger with, uh, you know, a a larger family, which most Americans are are picking against. So structurally, we're weaker than we once were. Mm -hmm.
4: So. I was thinking as you were talking, mark, about my grandparents who were uh all four were Polish immigrants um, and they married so it's kind of a it's a long complicated story that I won't get into, but i'm talking about I'm talking about my dad's side, which were all a big huge as you're talking about Polish family, but um a brother and sister married another brother and sister right so the brother from one family married the sister from the other family okay yeah, so yeah, yeah. so my family tree is like pretty complicated <laughs> yeah. or actually very simple sure. on on the one side but here's the thing i'm not saying that they didn't love each other i don't even i don't even mm-hmm. know because they died when i was very little but it was certainly the the next step approach what you talk about in your article, which is that yeah. they were getting married because that was that that was their way to continue right. on their community, to continue on their Catholic faith, to promote yeah. their ethnicity, and it was what they did yeah. because that's how old they were.
3: It was expected. That's yeah.
4: what they did. Um exactly. and they stayed married until they died. Uh so yeah. but you're saying that in your research few couples now are looking at marriage that way.
15: Yeah. Very much so. Uh, The the description you provide is is common from that era. I think my own grandparents on both sides. Mm -hmm. uh, I think one of those sets of grandparents were happier in their marriage than the other set, Um, and yet uh, they remained together. I'm glad they did. You know, I you know, are. It's kind of like I have no narrative of divorce in my family because of that, right? Which is fabulous because then when you know we had trouble early on. I had no kind of avenue or understandable pathway to exit because I was, you know, didn't understand how to leave my mm-hmm. marriage. And I'm glad I didn't because I did. worked on it, et cetera, and things improved. And I'm like horrified at what I could have been could have been capable of, right? Had I known people and had I had a pathway and an example to follow, which I didn't. So, you know, one of the the, the, the valuable things about marriages like that. Is not so much you know. Are they wildly happy? <laughs> they they probably didn't even understand marriage as something that makes them wildly happy. It's like this is what we do in our community, and this is how sort of how we carry this community forward, right? Mm-hmm. And alongside it, you know, you, you can steal moments of happiness, and children bring happiness, and grandchildren, and and not so much happiness necessarily, but sort of satisfaction. A different kind of
3: term. Yeah it's very difficult I, I mean i wish it wasn't because it
4: seems like it's at odds with how we look at everything right now in
2: our culture 100 <laughs> <100%, laughs> right, right? Yeah.
15: exactly yeah it yep. is uh it is a challenge so yep. it, it's almost as if people who make it and make it and thrive in, in, in a long-term marriage today maybe they accomplish more or have fought through more things mm-hmm, right mm-hmm. because they didn't have a supporting system around them like your grandparents did and mine of of this is sort of Uh, Our community, and it's our uh, extended network of social support. Right.
3: But that's where the church comes in, right? They are the community. Exactly. Yeah.
4: Yeah. So, one last question for you, Mark. Um, When we're looking at 20 year olds who, and you mentioned this in your article as well, they think that their 20s are that's when you do what you want to do. Right? And then once, once you hit 30, then you kind of said, well, I, yeah. I should probably maybe think about somebody else or whatever. Okay, yeah. I feel yeah. like um, that that's, that's not building a, char- or a character or an attitude in a person that's going to allow them to thrive in marriage.
15: Exactly. Uh, and this, they're following a narrative that suggests like your 20s are the era of independence, marriages somehow for the 30s. And, uh, but the, the the remarkable aspect of that, that notion is that somehow there's a light switch that just flips on and all of a sudden I start caring about other people, right? right. You don't care about people when you're 27, 28, you're not going to care about them when you're 31 or 32. So there's just kind of uh, uh, outrageous lies, practically speaking, about how uh, we're supposed to act and what's supposed to happen to us almost passively, naturally. And, you know, a good marriage is not sort of uh, a match that's made externally. It's usually a match that's made once you're in it. Right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Through hard work and uh, through the support of other people.
3: Yep. And the commitment to stay together. Yep. Well, Mark, thanks a lot. Yeah, uh, this
4: was really a good conversation. Yeah, Thank you.
3: Interesting. Yeah. Mark Regnerus, he's a co-founder of the Austin Institute for the Study of Family and Culture. His newest work is called The Future of Christian Marriage. Mark Regnerus. Thanks, Mark. What if I told
11: you you can save a baby's life for just $28? Well, it's true. Preborn is a ministry doing just that with the help of people like you by offering free ultrasound sessions to pregnant girls and women who otherwise might choose to end their pregnancy. We know that pregnant girls and women who can see their babies on ultrasound are far more likely to choose life. Your gift today can save babies' lives. Just $28 can give a mother the chance to see the truth of the baby that is growing inside her. $140 $140 can do this for five girls and women. Whether you want to save one baby or five or hundreds, that opportunity is just a click or phone call away. Call 833-850-BABY. That's 833-850-2229. Or click on the preborn banner at wordfm.com.
12: Train up a child in the way they should go. Well, you know the rest.
5: I'm Joel
6: Clark, a select quote agent with a true story that could save you hundreds of dollars a year. A woman named Linda just called. Her husband, Ray, has a group life insurance policy, but is changing jobs and he can't take it with him. Well, I went to work and found Ray, who's 40 and takes medication to control his high blood pressure, a 10-year, $500,000 policy for only $19 a month. That's way more coverage for a lot less than what he was paying. If SelectQuote didn't shop for your life insurance, you're probably paying too much.
2: For your free quote and to find out how much you can save, call 1-800-995-1133. That's 1-800-995-1133. 1-800-995-1133. Or go to SelectQuote.com. Since 1985. You shop, we save.
4: Get full details on the example policies at selectquote.com slash commercials. Your premium could vary depending on your health, issuing company, and other factors. Not available in all states. Do you need new blinds or shades? Blindster.com offers custom-made blinds, shades, and shutters shipped directly to you at prices less than big box retailers. Blindster blinds are easy to install and guaranteed to fit. Don't overpay for new blinds. Shop today and save big. Blindster.com.
3: Hi, this is John Hall. You've all helped build my pillow into the incredible company it is today and have trusted in Mike Lindell to give you a great night's sleep. On top of the special exclusively from my listeners on the Perkel and Giza Dream bed Sheets, marked down as low as $29.98, Mike is now changing the game with his three-piece towel set. The set is made with USA Cotton, making it extremely absorbent, yet still providing that soft feel you look for in a towel. The set comes with one bath, one hand towel, one washcloth, typically retailing for $49.99. Now, for a limited time, you get this three-piece towel set for the low price of $19.98 with a promo code WORD. Don't miss out on this incredible offer. This is a limited supply, so be sure to order now. Call 1-800-391-0954. Use the promo code WORD or go to MyPillow.com. Click on the radio listener square and use promo code WORD. These offers will not last long, so order now with promo code WORD at MyPillow.com for this radio-exclusive offer on all bedsheets. It's going to be Thanksgiving, and of course, people are thinking about their turkeys, right? Mm-hmm. Soon. Here's a story. A California farm is taking uh, its reverence for all life to the next level by hosting a turkey cuddling event on Thanksgiving Day.
4: (laughs) Oh, so what? So I'm going to go there and and hug a turkey?
3: Yes, you are. Turkeys are affectionate, the gentle barn says. And for $50, visitors can spend 90 minutes getting to know one better, hugging it, feeding it (laughs) treats, and making small talk. The Santa Clara-based farm is offering these therapeutic sessions at all three of its locations in St. Louis, Nashville, and uh, in uh, Santa Clara, California. We're inviting you on Thanksgiving Day to cuddle our turkeys, the gentle barn said. Celebrate life, uh, life, love, and liberty with our majestic turkeys, who should have been cherished throughout history for their intelligence, affection, and dynamic personalities.
4: I thought the turkeys were kind of dumb.
3: No, apparently they're very... They're very
4: intelligent. Wasn't that one of the reasons, you know, Ben Franklin wanted that to be our national bird? Instead of the eagle. And I thought that the, the thing that got in the way was people thought they were dumb.
3: No, I, oh, I, see, I always thought that Ben Franklin like said they were like they're saying intelligent well, and majestic.
4: I would assume Ben Franklin knows more about turkeys than me.
3: Me too. Um, the Majestic Farm says none of the farm's turkeys will end up on plates, and the barn hopes that the event convinces others to change their tradition of roasting their birds. Just because we've always done something a certain way, says the Majestic Barn, doesn't mean that we always need to in the future. Would you pay 50 bucks to go hug a turkey?
4: I mean, I would I would like to hug a turkey. I don't know if I would pay 50 bucks to do it. And I have to be honest, if I ever did, I would never cook one again. See, I know that's myself. that's problem. Right? I wouldn't. But which what, is what? Which is the whole idea? I mean, they're pretty smart that they came up with this because there's right. no way if I hugged a bird, would I eat that bird? Right. I just wouldn't.
3: Well, you've you've been to the spring house and milked a cow. You're still having a burger from time to time.
4: Not very often.
3: It's because your husband.
4: Yeah, but I don't.
3: I mean, if yeah, right. I mean, if you think about it, right, the process of it, yeah. You, it would change the way you would look at meat, and we eat far too much meat.
4: Right, we more than we need. Right,
3: and of course the slaughterhouse. I
4: can't even bear to think about that. Right? seriously, not a good thing. I just shouldn't. Right.
3: Well, we're ending on a down note. Great, John. Right? I
4: mean, right. I was all excited to Let's go home and have like a something to eat. Now you've wrecked it.
3: Oh, have a candy bar tonight. Okay, because sometimes you.
4: you feel like a nut,
3: and sometimes you don't.
4: Yeah. Coming up in the next uh, couple of weeks, we have to do our Halloween candy countdown.
3: Oh. Oh, remember? The candy wheel? Yeah, the candy wheel.
4: Maybe maybe we should revive it.
3: Have a great night. See you tomorrow. The
2: Ride Home
3: with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group.